Welcome back to High School Backups Podcast. This is episode 31. My name is Jake. I'll be your host tonight. Nick, Ah. Austin, and Justin are all not here today. Uh, They had some stuff going on. Not a big deal. We've got an exciting episode for you guys. Just some uh, first, easily some news. Then we're going to head into the end. Uh, the NHL top 100 that Kyle so put, uh, nicely put together for us. We're going to do t- uh, 25 to 16 today. I've put 15. together tw- uh, 25 to 15, my bad. And then All good. I've got NBA top 25 players for you, ready to go. And then we're going to do our N- uh, NFL weekly review and preview. You know how it goes. First, very quickly, going to start off with some NFL news, you know, the big stuff. First and foremost, we've got Tua's concussion protocol. Uh, essentially, Tua got hit end of the first half, came up real wobbly. The NFL is now investigating the Miami Dolphins concussion protocol. Could lead to some more ramifications than they've already had this offseason. As we already know, they've already lost picks and been fined for tampering with Tom Brady back when he was a free agent two years ago. Mac Jones has a severe high ankle sprain. Yeah. Um, we're probably looking at a grade three ankle sprain. Mac Jones is probably going to be out four to eight weeks. I've heard anywhere between uh, four weeks. Some people say two weeks. Some people say eight weeks. All I know is he looked in agonizing pain when he came off the field last week after a no. loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And he got it. No. I gotta say, I gotta give it to Mac Jones too because he really put this game on his back. He, he did gave it his all, and I don't I know. Mean, Listen, that that last play, that last play that injured him, Campbell got in there so late afterwards. I don't think he was trying to like tackle him, but it's just all his speed and momentum just took him down, which yeah. is like wasn't fair for Jones to get injured, but it's just like. Stuff like that happens, but when Mac got up in severe pain, I was just like, there goes a good good chance of us doing well partially in the season, but I think we'll we'll recover. We'll bounce back. Sorry, go ahead, Andrew. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. It's all good. I was done. No, I mean, listen, Brian Hoyer is serviceable. I don't think the entire season is lost. I think Brian Hoyer can get you a couple wins. The defense has played really well. Given the fact that they played Miami and then Pittsburgh, held them both under 20 points, technically the Miami Dolphins offense only scored 13. They had the defensive touchdown. Kind of hard to keep the Baltimore Ravens out of the end zone when you give them the ball in your territory four times. But Mac was playing fine. I don't love the three INTs. I know the last two were him just trying to make bounce back plays. But, yeah, Yeah. young player, got to learn to keep the ball under control. We all know that Mac has a great head on him. I think something with the offensive system is up. Not a huge deal. But also just going to miss him. Uh, Probably my favorite Patriot right now. I love Mac Jones. We all know that Mac Jones is my guy. Sterling Shepard, that MetLife turf, man, that MetLife turf is an absolute hazard. Sterling Shepard tore his ACL simply jogging down the field. If you watch the video of the injury, he's straight up walking. He's not walking. walking. He's like standing still. He plants his foot down and is down now. 
I feel so genuinely bad for this man because he, unlike other wide receivers whose names will be unmentioned for the time being because I have other bones to pick with these wide receivers, but other wide receivers don't do anything and Sterling Shepard's out there day in and day out giving up his body on the line and just for his season to be over this way is infuriating because he's one of the few bright spots of that terrible wide receiver room the Giants have. And we just lost him for the rest of the year. And honestly, it could even be for his career. This is his second major injury in the past two years. And I know a lot of people come back from ACL injuries, but at this point, I just don't know if Sterling Shepard will have it, at least not with the Giants. It's kind of nuts because 15 years ago, you didn't come back from ACL injuries. Like When Adrian Peterson Mm -hmm. got his, everybody was Mm -hmm. wondering whether he would actually be able to continue his career. And now people come back from ACLs all the time. But, Joe Burrow came back from one and went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly, prayers out for Sterling Shepard because it's absolutely awful to see something like that. Giants yeah. and the Jets have to do something about that MetLife turf because it's absolutely atrocious. It's the same thing with Soldier Field in Chicago. They have to figure out something with those fields because they're absolutely dang- – like, they are a hazard. Yes. I agree. And, I, and I think what's crazy, too, is, Kyle, this is a stat that's really going to piss you off. Uh, fun fact, Kyle, you and Kenny Galladay had the same exact stat on Monday night. <laughs> zero catches for zero yards. The only thing is, Kyle, you got paid nothing, and guess how much? I don't want to know. I already know. $700,000. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. What the, I got to um, with the Giants. Bro, so that's we have a, asinine. Does anyone so, want him? You know what? Send him, to, send him to the XFL for all I care. Get him yeah. out of this team. I'm costing you so much in cap room. He's costing you about twenty million in cap room that could go to a better receiver. Gettleman is gonna go down as the worst general manager in NFL history. That man destroyed the Giants. Not only signed horrendous wide receivers, but did so for an insane long period of time where we can't dump them. It's absurd. That's I mean, I gotta give you this, Kyle. I'll give you this. Like Daniel Jones, I did get some sympathy for him. With that offensive line and this receiving core afraid of footballs for some reason. So, I, like, I, I will say, I think out. they're more afraid of a MetLife turf. Dude, yeah, no wonder true. they don't want to play. Oh, it's a home game. All right, let's get that IR ready. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally like the only player that I've seen that's run down that field is Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley. And Daniel Jones is the only one that hasn't gotten injured yet with a severe injury. Knock on wood. Knock on some wood, dude. (laughs) Holy shit. Knock on wood. (laughs) Sorry, Kyle. Did I jinx your whole season for the Giants? (laughs) Because your guys screwed me over in fantasy. Hey, man, they screwed me over mentally. I don't want to hear it. Cooper Rush screwed all of us over. I don't want to hear it. Cooper Rush screwed all of us over. I never thought I'd say those words. Speaking of Cooper Rush, low-key, I'm going to get to him in a little bit, but low-key, Cooper Rush, man. Low-key, Cooper Rush has that dog in him, dude. Cooper Rush. He is that man. I'm gonna get to. I heard a little bit, but man. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, once we get to him, I do want to talk about some stuff that I heard. Yeah. Oh my god. That Prescott better be sweating right now. That forty million dollar contract ain't <laughs> looking so good. Could you imagine if Cooper rushed Tom Brady's Dak Prescott? <laughs> yes. I. I think it would be beautiful. I would die. That'd be hilarious. 
But moving into some college football news, uh, the only big upset from this week is that Kansas State beat Oklahoma. Kansas State is a top 25 team. They're no slouch. But what I really want to know here, uh, Oklahoma's number 18. But they were, were they top 10 last week, though? Uh, I'm not sure. They, they might have updated the rankings since I saw them. But yeah, I thought they were sixth last week. Honestly... Kansas State does this weird thing where every decade they have two or three years where they're like a fringe top 10 college football team but never break the threshold of top five. They'll just hover anywhere between five and 15 and nobody knows why. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely love when Kansas State gets decent. It adds so much to college football. Stuff like this. When they beat Oklahoma, beat Texas, Oh, yeah, I'm calling that now. If they play Texas, I don't know if they do or not. But if they play Texas, big dub for Kansas State. Calling it now. But that is it on the football front. Uh, Some big, big MLB news, boys. Albert Pujols hit 700. (laughs) Tip my cap, man. Give it up to the future hall of famer uh we discussed this at length last week we're not gonna do it again but just wanted to shout that out and give pujos the congratulations he deserves he's been doing it since as long as we've been alive yep (laughs) seriously like he's been doing it since we were like three (laughs) now and no is he still playing at a very high level too how old is he the now? last couple of years he hasn't been and then this year he's exploded i think he has like 30 home runs and he's 42 years old this is definitely it though it's, like he's he's it's done. playing for the cardinals man when you play when he played for the cardinals his entire career and then bouncing from both los angeles teams to going back to st louis man it it got his juice up he was ready like he was ready for it I, if if the Yankees don't make it far in the playoffs, I'm cheering for the Cardinals all the way in this in this playoffs, 100. percent Like I want them to win it, not only for Albert Pujols, but Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright too going into this playoffs. <laughs> like, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, something we didn't talk about, which we totally should have mentioned by the way, just had the highest consecutive starts for a pitcher catcher duo in MLB history, and it's like over 100-something career starts for a pitcher-catcher duo together. And, like, just all three of those players, I remember growing up, like, in elementary school watching these three, like, play when the Cardinals won the World Series in 2006. Like, it's just amazing that they're still doing it at a decent high level, too. Like, they're pretty old now, too. Like, they're all pushing 40, so, like... You know, 40, that means you used to have retired, like, five years ago. Now you hit 40, you're like, nah, I can still keep going. Like, I'm 40, doesn't mean, 40 doesn't mean anything like it used to anymore for these pro athletes. Tom Brady made sure of that. <laughs> Listen, 40 means nothing to me now. I mean, That's where it's think about it. You've got LeBron at 38, all the guys you just mentioned pushing 40, Brady at 45, Rogers is 38, right? Sawyer's up there in eight. Sawyer's going to take over as starter. Like, all these dudes pushing 40 now, and they're still playing at a highly level. I love it. Uh, Actually, quickly, before we get into any other news, some podcast news. We are now available on Apple Podcasts. Uh, We are now on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go follow the socials. Twitter, we've got technically three of them. We've got the regular high school backups Twitter, high school backups hockey, and high school backups soccer. 
uh, Facebook and Instagram, all for your entertainment. So please go give those a follow, like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Now, Hit the bell for those notifications. You yep. already know. We love it when you guys interact with us. But, Kyle, I hear you have some quick NHL news before we move to Andrew's soccer. I do. Uh, just some little minor uh things that happened uh florida panthers decided to extend their backup young goalie spencer knight to a three-year four and a half million dollar contract extension which blows my mind considering he hasn't played 40 games in the nhl yet um and he just signed a insane contract four and a half million means you're like a decent starter uh when it comes to the nhl level and he's just so they're making on potential Exactly, which I think is stupid because uh, this is something I got into a pretty hefty conversation with about with someone on Twitter earlier, uh, where someone the exact same talent as him, it will not same talent like this goaltender for the Dallas Stars is better, and he's making like two and a half million dollars less, which is absolutely insane. He's played ten more games, has a higher goals against average, has a higher save percentage. And he's making less money. So I don't know what the Florida Panthers are doing, but I think they're just, like, dishing out money. Like, I don't know what's happening there, but something's going on. And for all of you <laughs> NFL, NBA guys that don't really follow hockey, a $4.5 million deal in the NHL is significant. It's like a $25 million deal in the NBA. Yeah. Probably <laughs> like, a little bit higher than that. Like, mm-hmm. the NHL players don't get paid as much as NBA or NFL guys, not even close. So Which is when you're talking four and a half million, it might sound like chump change, but that is a significant amount of money when it comes to the NHL. Yeah, yeah that's like that's like a I think that's like the veteran minimum for the NFL. About Bro, $4 I think million. the vet minimum in the NFL is higher. <laughs> oh, that's so well, sad. Four and a half million is one percent of the normal team salary cap. So that one player's salary for the next four years is 1% of the whole team's available salary that he's got. That's not that bad, but like... No, oh. but when you think about... You got $82.5 million to dish out to 30-plus players, and already 1% of it is going to $5 million. $5 million is already going to one player. That's a decent amount of money. It's just one yeah. To a backup goaltend. Like, $4.5 million to like a... To like a forward or even a defenseman is nothing, right? But yeah. to a backup goaltender, backup goaltender should be making a million, million and a half max. That's a fact. And he's making five million. Yep. So like, this would be like deal. dishing out a uh, twenty mil to a fourth string wide receiver. Hashtag Kenny Galladay. Listen, yeah. you. <laughs> Salt in the moon is I'm too. Sorry, Kyle, it was too easy. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, Jake, we can't talk too much because the Patriots have the most have like one of the most expensive wide receiving courts too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyle, is that it? That's all I got. Awesome, Andrew. Hit me with some U.S. World Friendlies. Yep. Um. So. We just played some couple U.S. friendlies. We had one against Japan last week. I believe it was on Thursday? Thursday, yes. Uh, we played against Japan. Uh, the U.S. men's national team lost 2-0. Um, they had 59 turnovers in their own half. The biggest amount of turnovers under Greg Berhalter, the manager and coach for the U.S. men's national team. And just downright played terrible. I watched the match. It was clarifying question. 
Are yes. Are 59 turnovers on their own half of the field in one game? Yep. Yep. Bro, there are 90 minutes in a soccer game. They turn the ball over on their own side of the pitch almost 60 times. Yep. For those of you who aren't good at math, that is a turnover in their own side of the field every minute and a half. <laughs> and then then we played Saudi Arabia today, and they tied with them. Um, it's not looking good. <laughs> Greg Berhalter just said that the only thing I'm looking for from these players right now is to see if they actually have the right mentality going into the World Cup. And this was literally his whole entire starting lineups that he looked like he was about to bring to the World Cup. And I don't know. Um, to be honest, the uh, U.S. men's national team um, didn't really play with any heart and spirit going into these friendlies, which is understandable because they're only friendlies and it doesn't really count towards World Cup qualifications. But, like, the speed, the showmanship for being a top-class player to represent the United States was not there. And I really think that if I was Greg Berhalter for these friendlies, I would have pulled up a bunch of other players, um, trialed them out for the friendlies to, to finalize the roster going into the World Cup. But he decided not to, and this is where we're at. So, Andrew, Even let me ask you a question. Do you think it yes. was just lack of effort? Did they underestimate Japan? Are they just kind of like, are they cocky? Is that it? Or is it just like, there's no I problem? really think, I really think that it was a bit of cockiness, thinking that they would just be able to go through. It was laziness and just like lack of, just like, all right, it's just like, it's a friendly. Um, It's just Japan. It's not like we're really dealing with much. And like, they weren't running on the field when I watched the match. They kind of just were like jogging to the ball. Um, any deep passes that they were trying to get through on uh, Japan's side, just kind of let it like slide right through and just let it get turned over and just like would not get any chances on that. Because correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not a soccer guy, but Japan isn't a powerhouse by any means. Not in not in like the, the massive nations that are around. Um, they're probably one of the only power teams in Asia besides South Korea and all of them. Um, but like, it, it just was like, why are we, we're one of the top teams in like our league for our international play. And we're, and we're just letting this slide right underneath us and just allowing this to happen type play. And I was just like, if, if that was the case, I would have just, if I was the coach, I would have chosen players from that were ready to step up get ready to play for the World Cup and being able to play those guys so that we can decide if they're ready to join the roster or not. Because the guys that are playing at club right now who are on pro club teams uh, overseas in England, Italy, Germany, and all that, they're ready. But they're not playing like they were ready in this in these friendlies. So I don't know. I wouldn't have played these guys. I would have rested them, kept them ready for the World Cup, let them focus during training. Just don't bring them to, don't bring them to friendlies this close to the World Cup next time. Dude, that's atrocious. Honestly, that's absolutely atrocious, especially with a U.S. team that I'm pretty sure has really high expectations. Because this is the yep. first time I'm really hearing about U.S. soccer on like, a like for soccer fans have a very high expectation for U.S. soccer at this point, which yep. hasn't been hasn't been a thing in the past. So I'm assuming that they're 
pretending. So uh, there's some hype around this team that they should go far. You shouldn't be losing to Japan in a friendly and tying Saudi Arabia. Uh, you have like, you have anything else soccer wise? I think that's about it. I mean, I will say with uh, I think I guess I can't remember. I think it was one of the Patriot documentaries. Bill Belichick. One thing he talked about was a good foundation is your mentality. So if there are concerns right before the World Cup with your team taking things very seriously. I have a feeling that the World Cup is definitely a much more intimidating and intense moment. The moment they go out on the field, whatever their first game is, I have a feeling if they're not set, unless something they either get their shit together or something snaps in their first game, uh, are you you think are you concerned that they might just be overwhelmed and it might be a little bit too much? I think, well, due to the fact that this is happening in the fall, and this is the first World Cup to ever happen in the fall, um, because of the fact that it's happening then, there's a lot of, like, pro club teams that are cautious about having their players be sent to the World Cup, but this is the biggest stage of, a, of like, soccer in all of the world. You have, you're representing your country, playing for a world title with your national team, and the mentality for players is, do I risk going to this World Cup and getting injured while I still have club teams, while I'm still representing my club team, where we're still playing in a European Championship League, or we're playing for a Championship League match, or we're playing for the title for our league. And it's just like the managers are like trying to limit how much they do for their players that are going, limiting how much they do on the field and off the field. It's like... They don't know what to expect because this World Cup being in the middle of the fall is going to be a huge shocker for all fans and all players because it's going to really determine how well players are going to play, if the stamina is there, if their mentality is there, if they're still reflecting on a league match that just happened, or if they're reflecting on international play. Like It has just been a huge, huge like setup for this, and it's kind of like making a lot of players a little bit uneasy, but I think... In the end, it should be a entertaining World Cup. I'm hoping it should be, but I don't like the fact that it was that it's in the fall because usually this is a summertime thing, and it gets a lot more fans involved, and it's a lot more easier for clubs to decide if they want to buy a player or not. And this has been one of the weirdest transfer windows also going into this. It's going to be very weird to watch this World Cup too because in America – the World Cup is now going to be competing with hockey, football to begin with, basketball as well. So, like, those are three pretty big markets in America that soccer is going to be competing with, which normally in the summertime, it only has to compete with baseball. And and as much as I hate to say it, soccer, baseball. Soccer is more entertaining. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah, crazy to I think do. about. Like, I understand why they ha- logistically why it needs to be in the fall because the location where they're hosting it, it gets 120 it's degrees. Terrible. It's terrible the- because they were nervous that players would end up with a cardiac arrest or overheating and just passing out in the middle of the field and just like not being able to play anymore and just having to stop matches and postponing them because of players passing out. But it's also on FIFA for allowing that bid to go through, but since Qatar also has a, basically princes that are buying the money, it's all about the money right now. It's literally just like, why? 
Why? FIFA's that's gonna be why... like the most corrupt organization I think in professional sports. Like... Don't, don't, whoa, don't you ever, whoa. don't talk about, don't talk to me about that. Do not talk you to me about that be because though. because it is so true. It it's is a hundred percent true. Like I like it's not that controversial of a take to say. Like it's really not that bad to say. Like I will literally go through everything oh that FIFA has done that should have been done a lot sooner. That if they didn't, if it wasn't for the money, it would have been fine because of other things that have happened. UEFA and FIFA were combined on destroying the Super League, which was literally all the biggest club names in Europe. Just combining into this massive league just to play each other. That would have been dope. Yeah. It would have been, but it's Hell I would watch that. UEFA, UEFA and FIFA just were like, see, that's illegal. That's <laughs> not like us. How are you gonna get the money for it? How are you going to do all this? It, it just oh became God. so corrupt that literally fifty percent of the teams that said yes they would join after a day after you FIFA and UEFA put out a whole entire like lawsuit against them. All the clubs, they pulled their names out of the out of the Super League. That's it, it was just a huge. It was a huge mess. Oh my god, that's nuts. That's absolutely insane. Honestly, if the US keeps playing like that, I'll just go cheer for Italy and have some fun with my heritage. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I I mean hey, as much... uh, Italy's not in the World Cup, just letting you know. Yeah, they're not. Stop it. I'm don't screwed. you remind me. Stop <laughs> don't you remind me. Guys, why hey, would hey, you be so mean? I'm gonna offer this to all of you. If USA is starting to fail, come over here. It's covered for Mexico. It's gonna be okay. Hey. Hey, I'll we'll wait you. until 20, wait, 2026. Steve, you going to be able to get us down into Mexico to watch a Mexico-USA match? When? 2026. 2026. That's when uh, the World Cup is coming to Mexico-USA and be, Canada. My plan is to be there for Mexico City and Guadalajara for the World Cup. That is my plan. <laughs> that yes. would be so dope. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we I mean, we could just crash with my family. I have family that live in, in Mexico City and in Guadalajara, so we'll be fine. Do you think if I wore a USA jersey, they would hate me? Uh, I really don't think they'll care. I, I mean, I'm careful and part of it. My family won't care. Depending on if Mexico I loses might... in USA, take it off and just hide it. Uh, so you're telling me if I should, if if USA beats Mexico, just throw on my Mexico jersey and hope for the best? Yes. Just, we're going to – okay, part of my French here. We're just going to book it the fuck out of the stadium and hide. All right. Oh my god. Yes, because you can definitely piss off the wrong fan. And I mean, here's the thing. Depending on where you are too, this isn't like a knock like uh, like a race thing or anything like that in Mexico. It's literally just the police are very corrupt. So depending the cops will stand there and let you get beat up or they'll be doing it themselves. So <laughs> we're gonna have Back up Mexico Jersey. None of my family watches this podcast, thank God. So don't worry. It's going to be okay. But Steve, after that. I'm sending them the direct link. <laughs> I'm already fishing now. I'm going to have my cousins tear me apart, being like, what the hell? I mean, you're right, but what the hell? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, the World Cup this year is going to be fun, but 2026, we're on episode 
It'll I don't be know. Like two hundred, dog. <laughs> Whatever we'll do, we'll keep asking Nick. It'll be and like it's gonna be a good time. Like two oh eight. <laughs> Nick's gonna watch be like the episode. 15. Watch it be exactly episode three hundred when we hit World Cup. <laughs> that actually that would be, really be sick. sick. That would be that would lit. be dope. Let's see. It's what fall twenty twenty two. You have fifty two weeks. It could be. It'd be around two hundred and ninety, two eighty. We'll do multiple episodes a week. I will sit in here and just. <laughs> And just talk to the camera for enough time, just so we can get an extra episode or two in. An hour of us just having a conversation, just nothing else, just no, <laughs> no context, no. no context whatsoever. Honestly, <laughs> it won't be fun. episode two hundred eight, but if it might we were, be episode two hundred fifty. If we were still like, the first uh, thirty minutes prior to this, uh, these episodes going live on YouTube, I feel like that would also be an entertaining episode. Also, no, no, <laughs> no. They would, Maybe we're they would watch, catch you know, me. They would catch me playing Madden, FIFA, or any of the sports games and just going, <laughs> fuck, no. Hey, the maybe we want to know time. how us athletes are doing. I don't know. They're going to be like, how's your cholesterol? All right, welcome to high school backup. Let's talk about our health issues. <laughs> hey, you know, Brady had a torn ACL. I pull my back standing up straight. It's exactly how it works. <laughs> Oh my god. All right, Andrew, um, any more soccer news we need to cover? <laughs> that's it, guys. That's all I got for you. All right. <laughs> we're going to move into a continuing segment, Kyle's favorite time. We're going to be talking the NHL. He so kindly, so graciously put together an NHL top 100 for us. Nobody else has time for that. <laughs> um, and we're going to do 20, We're going to do 25 through 15 today and slowly release up until the start of the NHL season. So Kyle, why don't you pull up your 25 to 15 for me so I can tear you apart a little bit because I tear have me apart. I have some thoughts. What do you mean, tear me uh, apart? You are so warning. dramatic. I do believe we're not allowed. I do uh, believe we're not allowed to live stream poop on uh, any kind of platform. <laughs> Steven, listen here. What? I'm, I'm listening. You don't even know who any of these players are. I'm you... sleeping on your list. Ooh, your list makes you sleep. I get a full night's sleep. <laughs> I'm well rested. Oh my god. Uh, all right. All right. Kyle, well, here. unlike last week where you're doing one player per, go through all of them. Give me some analysis here. Or at least, like, five players you want to highlight in this ten-player span. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to keep this one kind of brief, only because I know Steve thinks he needs to sleep all over it. But listen. <laughs> th- these are going to start getting into some of the you by names. Nectar Mattress. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Ky- uh, Kyle's football take brought to you by Nectar. <laughs> oh, wait till we get to my football takes. Now that's going to yep. be fun. But anyway, we're, we're changing topics here, Steve. Don't get me off track. Hey. Alright. So, starting off at number 25, I have a young superstar who's in the making, Sebastian Ajo. Not to be confused with Sebastian Ajo, the defenseman for the New York Islanders. There's two. no relation. There is two, yes. There's two Sebastian Ajos. <laughs> One's a forward, one's a defenseman. One made the top 25 list. The other didn't even make the top 100. So, there's just that tidbit of information for you. But uh, Sebastian Ajo is on, well on his way to being a top 30 uh, top 30 goal scorer in the NHL. Um, it's only a matter of time before he finds it. It's going to be a little interesting now without Vincent Trocek on the Hurricanes. So I really think Sebastian Ajo is going to kind of a- uh, excel and kick off. 
Uh, one of the people I decided to highlight here, Johnny Goudreau, recently new signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets, leaving the Calgary Flames. Uh, it's going to be very interesting seeing him in a new uniform. He was rumored to go to three different teams, none of which was the team he ended up signing with. Uh, this signing kind of came out of left field. Not really sure what happened here. Uh, well, next we got Patrick Kane and David Pasternak. Um, so I know, uh, Jake, you are very uh I'm going to let you very finish mad. your list before I get into it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to let you have your time, and then we're going to have a conversation about some of the names here. Okay. We're going to have so... a genuine conversation about what is going on. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go tit for tat here with some of these names, but I think um, one that people are going to be a little shocked with is Patrick Kane being at number 23. I couldn't rank him based on nostalgia alone. I had to take into account his past couple seasons, and they just haven't been what they used to be over the past 10 plus years. So even by some standards in the NHL, NHL.com, ESPN, even TSN's list, he's not re- he's not in the top 30. So me putting him in top 25, I don't think is that bad of a list. I know, Jake, you're ready to tear me apart for that one. <laughs> but I'm being generous. I think I'm being well and generous putting him at number 23. Now, for number 22, he is the highest-ranked Boston Bruin on my list. He is the biggest superstar that is on that That's team. Right. He deserves to be where he is placed. Because everyone above him, I just don't, I just couldn't place him any higher. I did try. I genuinely tried to place him top 15. I just couldn't do it with these names that are after him. Artemi Panarin, the bread man, as he's known for the New York Rangers, he is an assist god. He just finds ways to put the puck on someone else's stick before it ends up in the back of the net. He is a superstar. He is one of the few NHL players making $10-plus million a year. He is top five highest paid player in the NHL, and he definitely deserves it. Uh, Roman Yossi being number 20, he is consistently ranked top three defenseman in all of the NHL uh, when it comes to the best defenseman award voting every single year. He just never has quite been able to finish and actually get that Norris Trophy, which I really think he should because like he has definitely earned his place to be the top defenseman. Well, one of these days, I think he'll get there. Uh, number 19, my favorite New York Ranger, Mika Zibanejad. It's just it's such a fun name to say, Zibanejad. Like, how can you not think of the team itself? Okay, listen here, you. <laughs> Easy over there. Easy. <laughs> But putting Mika Zibanejad number 20, I think is probably my boldest take of this entire list. I may have done a little bit of bias with him being my favorite player, but maybe just a little. A little? Uh, maybe just a little. Next at 18, I got Mitch Marner. He is another one of the top uh, highest paid players in the NHL. He just hasn't been able to be like his counterparts in the Maple Leafs to get the job done, but still considered one of the top players in the NHL. Now, number 17, Adam Fox. Last year, he won the Best Defenseman Award. This year, he finished second place voting in the Best Defenseman Award. I don't know how he can't be ranked 
in the top 20. It's just, I've, I've been seeing some lists of him not even being in the top 20 and is absolutely asinine to me. This player who has finished top two voting and the top two defensemen in all the league consistently has just not been in the top 20. Absolutely mind-blowing. Matthew Kachuk recently traded to the Florida Panthers this offseason. Uh, I like him only because he is a nice big bruiser. He kind of has like that old school style hockey in him and he uses that to get under people's skin he's like the equivalent to brad marchand for all you bruins fans out there but he's better because he actually scores and he doesn't lick people on the face while doing it either brad marchand wasn't brad marchand like a top 10 forward goal scorer in the nhl yeah, but he licks people, so he's automatically demoted. But he actually scored. Shut the fuck uh, up. No, 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 no. When God. you lick people for fun, you automatically get demoted. You, the highest you can ever f- f- uh, place is top 30 on my vote. You don't get to that lick people and get away with it. That's some nah. fucking bullshit, Kyle. Nah, nah, nah. You don't get to lick people and get away with it. That's just not Remember, this oh is Kyle's God. list, not an actual list. Okay, keep going. Just keep going. And finishing off the top 15, I got Victor Hedman, who is the best defenseman in the NHL. I don't care what anyone else has to say. And not the best, sorry. He's second best. I do have one more defenseman finishing out the top 10. Um, Victor Hedman has just been consistently there. He's been around for a long time. He's like the equivalent to Patrick Kane before defenseman. Okay. Let me hear it, Jake. I'm gonna start Let with I'm gonna start with Patrick Kane. Um, you talked a lot about history last podcast when you're talking about guys, like a lot about what they've done in the past may not have added up to what they've done, and I understand that some lists may have Patrick Kane outside of the top thirty. Whatever you want to tell me, Patrick Kane is still that guy, and I who do you bump down then? Uh, probably Panarin, uh, probably Sabanajed, and maybe Roman Yossi. I just, don't get me wrong, I think it's fair to put him at 23, I just think it's a little bit too low, given how dominant he had been for about 10 of the last 12 years, and there's no real indication that he can't get back to that dominance. I know that he's had a couple of down years, but so did Albert Pujols before he decided to bang 35 homers this year. Yeah, but the difference is Albert Pujols is playing on a playoff team. The Chicago Blackhawks are too busy hiring pedophiles to even focus on making the playoffs. Shut up! The Chicago Blackhawks are a pathetic organization. I'm sorry. I love Patrick Kane, but that organization does not care about winning right now. Listen, I can't can't argue with you because that's absolutely hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) It's also a fact. But it's also true, which is sad. I but. just I have a hard time not putting Patrick Kane in the top twenty, probably at twenty. So this is that was nitpicky. My bigger problem is David Pasternak, who is quite literally the clutchest player on the Boston Bruins, a playoff team last year that is full of clutch players, and they literally have a chant named after this dude in Boston. Um. Also, he's got the sickest nickname. It's fucking Pasta. Who doesn't love Pasta? You're Italian, Kyle. Come on. I do love Pasta, which is why he's here. No, no. You are letting letting your hatred for the Boston Bruins get in the way of your pick here. I am not. He is better than Zabanejad. He is better than Panarin. He's not better than Zabanejad. He's not better than Zabanejad. At the level of Mitch Marner, 
and the fact that you no, have him outside of the top 20 is absolutely asinine. He is not better than Mitch Marner. I said he is at the level of. I didn't say he's better. He's not, though. He he's is. Not. No. All you have to do is open your eyes and stop looking through these rose-colored New York <laughs> Rangers fucking glasses, dog. The blue of the New York <laughs> Rangers is absolutely tainting your vision on this one. That I is just, not even true. Kyle, I respect most of your hockey takes. Like, I mm. genuinely take them as almost canon because I know you know this sport. You are letting your bias get in the way here, having three okay. New York Rangers ahead of David Pasternak, who's the best player on the Bruins. There is, le- there is, so, you are letting the bias I will accept get you just being a little one. bit. I let my bias run a lot over Brad Marchand. I'll admit that my bias got away from me with Brad Marchand. But my bias did not get away with me with David Pasternak. I thought his placement here is one of the best that it could be possible with his stats that he had last year. He is the best player in the Boston Bruins, which is why he earned the spot of being top 25. He consistently scores 20-plus goals, which is why he's in his spot. The difference with why players above him are higher is because they consistently get 25-plus uh, goals or they're getting 40-plus assists in the case of Mika Zibanejad last year. If you can tally more assists than you, the person below him is scoring in goals, how are you not going to be ranked above him? Hold on a minute. Go for it. You just set the threshold at 25 goals, right? About so ish. What did he have me, last year? Uh, he had fucking 40. <laughs> and he had 37 right. assists. He had seven. He just shut it off. Bring that back. You guys already stopped one of I wasn't done. Bring it back. I wasn't done. I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. Hold and on. Kyle I running away. Just fucking running away. Argument. <laughs> I thought you were genuinely done. I thought you were genuinely done looking at it. No, anyway, uh, I needed this up here. Continue. Continue. Like, you're telling me that. 40 goals and 37 assists. Like, that's 77 points. He played 72 games. Your reason for putting Evangie Malkin so... What, Evangie, whatever his fucking name is. I can never pronounce it. I'm sorry. Evgeny? Evgeny, yes. <laughs> okay. Was that he put yeah. a, a point per game, so did David Pasenak. As a matter of fact, he was better than that. Which is why he's ranked higher than Evgeny Malkin. I just... He's higher, outside though. of your top 20 when you just told me that 25 goals was the threshold? At minimum, yes. This dude poured in 40. You're okay, killing 40. me. Yes, but he played a point per game, which is why he's high. If I just use that 1. as 1. the bare minimum. Well, yes, okay, he's a little bit higher, yes. But I'm saying if I use that as the bare minimum, then he'd be with Evgeny Malkin, but he's not. If I had my bias get away, he wouldn't even be in the top 30. But Listen, I didn't let my bias get away from me. There are not three New York Rangers who are better than David Pasternak. I would argue No, that you're that, right, there's four. No, I would argue that, that maybe Adam Fox can be there above Pasternak. Zabanejad and Panarin do not deserve to be above him. They just don't. It isn't... Do you know how many how many po- how many points did uh, David Pasternak have last year? Uh, seventy seven and seventy two games. Mika Zibanejad was literally a point per game player last year. He had eighty one points. That's good. Cool. Okay, that's better than Pasternak. How many goals is that? The twenty five. But that's fifty something <sighs> assists. 
Did you hear what I said in my explanation? Last week you were arguing that assist don't matter. These things, that's not at all what I that said. That is what you that said. When it comes to forward, quote unquote, Kyle, when it comes to forwards, assists don't matter. That is what not came out of your mouth last they week. Less. Kyle, you're going a little skippy on us. You're going a little <laughs> skippy. <laughs> How many points? Like, doesn't okay. matter. Unless Hold I'm proving up. this point. And also, you were saying Artemi Panarin doesn't deserve to be in here? No, he I said he deserves to be lower points. than Pasenak. He had almost 100 points last year. He had 96. 40 of them goals. That's Sorry, wonderful. I read that wrong. 20-something goals. But 75 assists. 75 okay, cool. assists. That's wonderful. And you're I'm... saying that doesn't matter? No, that's not what I said. That's what you said. That is not. You <laughs> that's show me exactly that what you said. Button. You show me that clip from last week, and I will eat my words. Oh, I over. wish I had it pulled up. I wish I, I had would. it ready to go. But I think you're taking what I said out of context. I do not think I said those exact words. I think they that's do matter exactly less. what you said. They do matter less. <laughs> I'm telling you, assists matter less. But when you have way more assists compared to goals, you have to look at those assist numbers. I you will, can't ignore them. I will secede Panarin. Who ha- who was the no? That was 25 goals. You're talking Sabanajet had 97 points or whatever. Zabanajad had no, no, no. Um, Panarin had almost 100 points, 96 okay. points. I will secede Panarin, but Zabanajad doesn't deserve to be above Pasenak. End of story. I know no. he's your favorite player, Kyle. It yes. he doesn't deserve to. But be he deserves to be no. there if he has more points. More points matter, bro. You sit. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I love you, but you're off base here. It's all good. Fine. Whatever. Those are the two players that I really took an issue with here. I'm still going to say Patrick Kane probably deserves to be bumped up a few spots, and so does Pasternak. That's re- when you get into top 25, you're kind of nitpicking a little bit. That's what happens. Yeah. We're only talking three or four spots. Kyle, be more objective when it comes to the Bruins, man. Marshan oh, should have been in the top 30. This is absolutely atrocious. I couldn't. Oh, in all fairness, though, it wasn't necessarily the licking that drove me nuts. It was the penalties. The careless penalties really drive down his play dramatically. It really oh does. Like, you can't just go around elbowing people for fun. I mean, you can't. And not take that. Yeah, and Brian Martian does, but gets suspended for it. Like, how? You can't. I can't not take that into consideration when ranking the best players in the NHL. It's part of his if greatness, the, dude. We had this exact same argument on one podcast. What, what made Brian Martian so great? It's and I disagree with you. Is. And I disagree with you that that shouldn't and matter. And you were wrong then, and you're wrong now. No. <laughs> oh All right. We're going to go to the NBA Top 25. Uh, <laughs> Does anybody else have anything to say to Kyle? <laughs> your list sucks. Oh my okay. god. No, okay. It no, it doesn't. Uh, it's very, very I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Relax, everyone. Take relax. a chill pill. In the words everyone of Aaron just Rogers, take a drink. Relax. Oh, whoa. Audience. Kyle. Whoa. Remember, we're kids friendly. We're kids friendly. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Oh, my God. Okay, boys. I'm going to move into the NBA Top 25. Uh, a list I compiled doing some different research. Looked at all the lists. ESPN, some different things. And... We are going to move right here to this beautiful list that I have compiled, starting with 25 to 21. There 
I'm going to go through this list rather quickly, and then anybody who needs to tell me that I'm wrong or that I'm right about something, feel free to do it. 25 to 21 is going to be Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, Bradley Beal, Cat, and Jalen Brown. Obviously, it's going to, my picture here is Jalen Brown. I think after the playoff performance and the absolute dog that Jalen Brown showed during the playoffs, he deserves to be a top 25 player. And I genuinely think he's as good, if not better, than all these dudes and has done it at a higher level, meaning the NBA Finals. Uh, I know that Kyle is going to take some liberties on that cat placement in a few minutes. <laughs> what I will say with Jalen, well, what we say with Jalen Brown is I'd say if he holds to be more, especially 25, because when he goes off, he goes off. And That's it's basically. Fact. There's no. It's basically like when he scored 20 plus points, we didn't lose a single game. But at the end of the day, I think it's up to Jalen Brown to kind of keep that as consistent because there's some games that he's missing everything, and we barely even see him. So I think he just needs to be consistent. But I agree, he deserves to be in the top 25. So there's also the fact of Jalen Brown's defense. I think he's the best defender on that list. So overall, as a basketball player, when it comes to defense, <laughs> offensive game. Jalen Brown hustles. He's a dog when it comes to clutch time. I put him at 21 above the rest of those dudes because he's done it. I know that Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball being that high this early in their career is also going to tick some people off, but also Mm -hmm. they're absolute monsters on the court, and Anthony Edwards is probably the heart and soul of that Timberwolves team. Cat is a better player as of right now, but Anthony Edwards, if he takes that next step, can absolutely be a top 15 player in the NBA. LaMelo Ball is an absolute animal. He's a stat stuffer. I mean, can easily average 25, 10, and 8, and there's just nothing else to be said about it. Bradley Beal absolutely puts the ball in the bucket, and that lands him in the top 25. He's been consistently a 25-plus per game scorer for his entire career. Um, moving into this list, Chris Paul, you can't disrespect the point God by not having him in the top 20. Uh, Paul George, regardless of the playoff Paul memes, is absolutely a top 20 player in the NBA. Man can do everything. Again, it's that same Jalen Brown factor where he defends really well. Paul George is probably a better shooter, probably has better handles than Jalen Brown, and he's been doing it longer. Damian Lillard is probably my favorite non-Celtic in the NBA, and I have him at 18. Then James Harden, who's lost a step since his MVP days, but is still a top 20 player in the NBA. His teammate shows up later. And Anthony Davis, regardless of the injuries, is still an absolute freak of nature and is a top 20 player in the NBA. I don't, As a matter of fact, I think you could put him higher, but I kept availability in mind as I was doing this. And I think the people who are above him on the list either are better but just as available or more available and maybe slightly not as good but more available, and availability is a skill of itself. Um, one thing I have to say. Yeah, go for um, it. We had a conversation, Jake, about injury, yes. being injured a lot. And, like, we had Lonzo Ball and Zion Williamson. If it wasn't for their injuries, they would be on the list. I just have to say, with Anthony Davis being 16, I would have put Cat at, at least higher there. Put Davis a little bit further down. He's still on the 25, but just with the injuries and just like he is a freak of nature, I just think 
Davis with the injuries is just dropping him further down that list than I see him where he is right now. So the reason that AD is that high is because genuinely when it comes to basketball, he is better than Cat. Like, I don't think Cat is on AD's level. First of all, AD is a better defender by a long shot, I believe, to be very honest with you. I mean, AD has been a DPOI candidate. When he came out of college, his big thing was the fact that I think he blocked four or five shots a game. And AD has carried that to the NBA, where Cat has never had that defensive prowess. They both get boards and they both get their points. They do it in different ways, sure. Cat is probably a little bit better of a three-point shooter. But when it comes to being an overall NBA player, I don't think Cat's defense allows him to be in that top 20. If Cat shows up and becomes another, like, if he takes a next step as a defender, then absolutely he can get up there. I just don't think he's there yet. It's not a slight on Cat at all. I, lo- I think Cat's a great basketball player. It just doesn't, it's just not there yet. And honestly, I'm going to run through this and y'all can talk to me afterwards about whether I'm right or wrong, or we can continue to do it like this where you're going through in each one and being like, this person needs to be higher, this person needs to be higher. I don't really care. I've got to- I've got all the time in the world, and I can defend all of these placements. <laughs> 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 We're looking at 15 through 11 now, boys. Again, I think I'm going to get some heat with a couple of people that are in this tier. Uh I really do. Um, I think I'm going to get some heat here. Oh, one's coming. One's (laughs) coming. I'll let you go, though. I've got Devin Booker, then Donovan Mitchell, then Trey, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler. Give me the heat. Go for it. I'm fine with it. Hit me with it. Kyrie's a top 10 player. Top 15. Oh, you think he's higher? He's top top 10. Kyrie's top 10. I think he should be lower. I knew yeah, Steve I, was going to say I, he thinks he should be lower. Kyle, I'm I think you... he should be lower only because I'm yeah. throwing into account. I think when you put in uh, – I, I, I don't know. I feel like character or your teamwork or your leadership has to – you have to take that into account to a certain Hold on. extent. Hold on. When I use but... that same logic for Brad Marchand, I get absolutely destroyed. No, 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 no. You were ta- you were taking a different approach to Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand's style is leadership. He is the heart and soul of the Bruins. What that is not he what Steve is a lot saying of is that Kyrie Irving absolutely destroys NBA team souls. <laughs> yes, here's here's the difference. Kyrie, here's the difference. All right, Marchand is hitting and getting penalties. Kyrie is sucking the soul out of his team. And how, how are taking on a team penalties with... not sucking the soul out of the team? Dude, how everybody loves Brad Marchand. No, everybody loves Brad yeah. Marchand in Boston. Okay. Because you also have is to remember, it it's the two. Like, Maybe definitely the hockey. What yeah, happens? But I... You hurt. I... The only... the Brooklyn Nets fans against... don't love Kyrie. I never said they did. I'm saying Bruins fans don't. Bruins fans love Marchand. Yeah, that's a fact. That's what yes. I know, Ky- I know Brooklyn. I know Brooklyn fans don't love Kyrie, but no, they're I'm... sick of him. They've been sick of him since he joined the team. If he wants to come across the borough and play in Manhattan for, and wear blue and orange, he can come he won't here. Go. He won't wear the blue and orange. He will <laughs> never on, wear that blue and orange. I will take. He the wants to go to the Lakers. He, he wants to go to L.A. That's a he fact. will He's be in L.A. Area. 
Listen, Katie and Kyrie had their shot at the blue and orange, and they passed it up for black and white. That's all I have to say to you about that. Yes. Yeah. You should They're be dumb. so mad. <laughs> nah. I, mean, I, I don't really care about basketball so, that much. So, you know, I'm, here's the reason that Kyrie ended up at this exact point. We've got okay. Kyle arguing he should be higher and Steven arguing he should be lower. Kyrie's inability to lead a basketball team and his availability because he only played half the games last year and literally I don't even know if he played the year before that. Regardless, I mean, of where he just want a microchip, you know. Regardless of where you stand on the vaccination <laughs> stuff, whatever, yeah. he hasn't been available. When Kyrie is available, he's the best handler and the best finisher in the entire NBA. His offensive skill set is not matched. If you need a bucket, Kyrie is a certified bucket. His defense is a little lackluster, but okay, whatever. He makes up by he makes up for it by scoring twenty five to thirty points a game, and he's a viable candidate to get fifty on any night he wants. Yep. Which is all arguments of why he should be higher on the list. Arguments for why he should be lower on the list, Steve. His leadership, his availability, his defense. That's why Kyrie lands right here. He's above other guys like Trey Young, who are certified buckets. Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. All of them have their defensive laxes. Kyrie just does it at another another level. So he's at 12. It's right where, for me, right where he needs to be. I understand arguments of higher and lower on this list, but those exact reasons are why he lands right here. Yeah. Also, okay. it, it took everything of me not to put Jimmy Butler in the top 10. I think Jimmy Butler is an absolute dog and probably the most underrated dude in the NBA, maybe besides Paul George. Yep. Um, I'm just going to say that right now. I almost put Jimmy Butler in my top 10. <laughs> but there are 10 guys above him that I could not justify putting him above. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you got to give – I like Jimmy Butler 11. Got to give him respect for, I mean, especially at points during our uh, our series with Miami. He really put the team on his back and did his best. But, yeah. Oh, actually, I didn't realize with Kawhi Leonard I would swap the two of them <laughs> just because of injuries. But, you would swap Jimmy Butler over Kawhi Leonard? I mean, I've – Steve, stop. No, you would not. No, I'll, I'll you let would you go. Not. I'll let you go. No, I'll finish your you point go. about Jimmy Butler first, and then I'll move into the 10 to the 6. <laughs> no, I love I loved Jimmy Butler, but I think it just wasn't enough. I mean, actually, what I'll give you for Kawhi Leonard was, Kawhi Leonard definitely, when he was on the Raptors, he was like the guy. He was the reason why they won a championship. So I'll give you that, that Kawhi Leonard definitely, when he want, needs to be the guy, and to get you through a game, I'll give you that. He has a little bit over Butler. So that I will give you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to move into 10 to 6. Right. And I'm probably going to get a lot of heat. And people are probably going to scream Boston bias. I have reasons for why I put all of these people for where they are. Excuse me. Oh. So Kawhi's at 10. Tatum's at 9. Jaws at 8. Embiid's at 7. Jokic is at 6. I'm just going to let people digest this and give me their reactions because I can justify any of these placements, so go ahead. Is Tatum the highest-rated uh, Boston player? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I was wondering because I didn't see Marcus Smart anywhere. So no. kind of okay. Marcus Smart is a like mid-30s NBA player. He won DPOI. He's the best defensive guard in the NBA. 
but he isn't a top 25 basketball player. Like, he's just not. No, he definitely has struggled on offense before. They're like some nights he can't hit anything. Okay. <laughs> Kyle, I know you have some thoughts. I do. Um, I really want to see the back-to-back MVP winner in the top five, but I think I understand your justification for him not being here. So... I, but I, I want him there so he, – he won the award. Like, I don't know how you – I understand his reasoning because you brought up a very key point, and I understand it. his availability. I get that. But he was there. Whether or not you think he deserved to win it or not, there are justifications to argue that he shouldn't have actually won the award. But he did. That should be honored, and that should be a top five placement. So you're I, talking about Jokic? Yes. Okay. So Jokic's availability is five. Let's make that very clear. I never said anything about his availability. Um, first and foremost, I thought Joel Embiid was this year's MVP. Um, I, his team was better. Stuff like that, whatever. You could argue. You could make arguments for Jimmy Butler. You could make arguments for Tatum. You could make arguments for a lot of guys. I don't even remember who the number one seed. Oh, the number one seed in the West was the uh, Suns. So you can yep. make arguments for Book. Um, but Jokic is at six because I don't think his defense justifies a top five placement, except for the fact that he's a triple-double threat every time he steps on the floor. I get it, but I also think the five guys ahead of him have done it better, and I also think they've dragged their teams farther with less. So I understand Jokic, Jamal Murray and MPJ being out, stuff like that. They were the sixth seed. I get it. Kyle, I really do. But I think the next five players are better. One of them solely being because he's the same type of player as Jokic, but dragged his team farther with a similar situation. And it's all respect to Embiid and Jokic because they're absolute dogs on a basketball court. Like they, they are unstoppable on any given night anytime they want to. But I also think we're in an era of the NBA where there's so much talent that ranking these dudes gets a little bit tough, especially at the top, because a lot of people would put Jokic one. He's a double. He's a back-to-back MVP. Why wouldn't you do that? But or Embiid is a seven-foot, thirty-point-a-night threat. Why wouldn't you put him in the top five? I think the next five names justify it. So I'm gonna bring you to that. And we'll see what happens with this thought process. (laughs) These five names are better than Nikola Jokic. And it's not... It's not an indication of how good Jokic is as a basketball player. More as it is an indication of how good the NBA is and how many stars play in the NBA nowadays. Katie, Luca, Steph, LeBron, and Giannis are my top five. I think the only one in here that's even really arguable is Luka Doncic. Uh, probably Luka's my favorite player in the NBA, so I can't say that, you know, Chris Paul's my favorite non-Celtic or whoever I said earlier. It's actually Luka Doncic. That's just a fact. Um, during the playoffs, I literally thought the Mavericks were going to go to the NBA Finals solely because Luka would drag them there. And that is specifically who I am talking about when we're talking about somebody who dragged their team farther with essentially yep. the exact same situation. The talent and then you have that the Jokic, opposite at five. 
took his team nowhere. Doncic had Christoph Porzingis, who didn't play well at all in the playoffs. Jalen Brunson, who just got a massive deal, but nobody was talking about before that playoff run. And essentially, the entire meme was Doncic versus everybody. So I put Doncic up here because of that incredible playoff run and what I think he's going to be next year versus Jokic, the two-time MVP. If that makes a lot of sense. Which I get, but I just don't know how you can't... Honestly, and it's very hard... This. It's very hard for me to do this because I do love this player. But I really think just because he won the MVP, Luka and Jocic do need to switch. And, like, I, it's, I understand what you're saying because the playoffs, Luka's bringing the Mavericks through the playoff run was exceptional. And Luka was the sole reason, realistically, that the Mavericks went that distance. But Jokic, like you mentioned before, is a triple-double threat. Every single night he steps out on the court. So is Luca. But Luca isn't the reigning in back-to-back MVP. But Arguably, he should have been the MVP. There are so many players you could have argued should have won the MVP this year. It's not even funny. <laughs> yes, I can argue anybody, but I'm saying the one who actually won is the one that you need to look at and Fraud. admire. <laughs> Fraud. 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 Right, here's, here's, the no. here's the thing with MVP. All right, I I know I'm not so sure the. You know, the specifics of voting for MVP. Is it Associated Press as well? For, yeah, uh, the NBA? yeah, a lot of it's the press. Okay, so sometimes there's definitely some favoritism. Sometimes there's definitely a more compelling story, not exactly the better player. I got to give it with Luka because he's the only reason why his team made it anywhere in the playoffs. He put the team on his back. Same with Jokic, though. I'm happy switching Durant out of the top five, only because <laughs> if you're going to go with valuable, you got Durant. Okay, I, I still just can't get over it. You have Kyrie and Durant on a team. That is like, there's no way you get swept. The only sweep of the entire series. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just a bias with me, but Listen. I, I put a lot of value into the playoffs when I look at evaluating certain players. So that's why I also think about LeBron James, who wasn't even in the playoffs, putting him at number two above players who performed, for the most part, very well in the playoffs. But Okay, so I'm going to address all of that. KD can't be outside of the top five. He is absolutely a top five player in the NBA, and I took, that into a, I took the playoffs and the sweep into account when I ranked him, which is essentially why he's below Doncic. Um... <laughs> Kevin Durant is still arguably the best basketball player on earth. And there are some people who would hold to the fact that they think KD is better than Giannis and LeBron. And you can't discount the fact that KD is that dude. Like any one of these like top seven guys can move and fluctuate depending on who you talk to. And I genuinely, like, there are people who think Embiid is the number three player, bas- basketball player in the entire world. So when it comes to this top seven, you're getting real nitpicky between, like, what you like in a basketball player. I look at Kevin Durant, and I see the ultimate, not ultimate build. I would say Giannis and LeBron have the ultimate basketball player build. 
But when you're talking about a seven foot dude who can hit from anywhere on the floor, can take over an entire basketball game, and is a threat to drop 80, I can't take Kevin Durant outside of the top five. Like, I just can't do it. It, it just doesn't work like that. And he didn't remember he did all of that without having Kyrie Irving for half of those games. They traded James Harden away. Ben Simmons didn't play a single basketball game. So, yeah, KD was a seven seed or a six seed. The Celtics were the second seed in the East, right? Yeah. So the Nets were a seventh seed, yeah. But that was essentially KD doing everything by himself without having Harden, who was not good in Brooklyn. He got in shape and actually, you know, played in Philly. And without Kyrie for half the games that he played. So, yeah, like, I get the argument, but I can't, personally, I can't take KD out of the top five. There are a lot of people who, even after the sweep, would argue that he is the best basketball player in the world right now. I clearly don't think that's true. I think it's Giannis, LeBron, Steph, then everybody else. And you can make those three however you want them. Some people put Steph Curry at one. Five championships speaks for itself. He just won another one. I think Steph is a little bit of a product of the fact that he's had a very, very good basketball team around him for a very, very long time. But also, he's been the leader of all of those teams. So, Steph, like, no discredit to anything that Steph Curry has done. He is absolutely the best point guard in the NBA. And he's absolutely the best three-point shooter of all time. But when it comes to those three, that's where I'm at on that. Luka gets up because of the playoff success. KD, I can't knock out of the top five because it's KD. And again, he could go drop 31 a game this season and could make number five look stupid. I honestly think the biggest pushback from all of you I thought was going to be LeBron here. I'm not even going to lie. I thought putting LeBron at two was kind of a hot take. But... Yeah, but... I got. I mean... No, I think that's a fair placement. It's so, definitely LeBron like it's, always makes, always proves a point whenever he plays. He's there. He always shows up. Well, I'm gonna say with LeBron as well. I mean, you know, still being at his age and still playing at very high level, but I would, I think, just only because, just because of not making it to the playoffs, I could definitely see if you were to put him at number five only because he didn't have any playoffs to show off any of his questions or listen, anything like that. Listen, some of the lists I looked at had him at, like, number eight. I'm not even going to lie to you. There are some lists that have LeBron as a fringe top ten player in the NBA. So that's why I thought pe- like I thought this podcast specifically would get on me about LeBron. Um, if it wasn't LeBron, maybe. I could see <laughs> someone like him possibly even being out of the top ten. But at the end of the day, you have somebody like LeBron. And also, I feel like there's a little bit of fear. If you put him really low, it'd be like, he's washed or anything like that. It's like when you do to Tom Brady, you say, oh, he's washed. Nobody cares. <laughs> and then he's going to go off and make us suffer and eat up our words. So, no, that's a I fact. Mean, yeah, but I got to give it to you, Jake. Overall, I like this. Kevin Durant, actually, him and Kyrie Irving can be like 25 and 24. That's the only change <laughs> I would make. Steve just but hates that's the Nets, okay. dude. Steve just I hate hates the, the Nets. Nets. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like Kyrie Irving also, I'm going to put in a karma factor to why I don't like as a player because he's like, I'm going to tempt fate and just let it beat me up. 
And that's what he did. You go into Boston, you flip everybody off in the first game of the series. Yeah, you're going to lose it. No, I mean, that's, honestly. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. I had a really good time making this list. Again, I'm going to justify Giannis first and foremost. I don't understand how anybody can argue that Giannis isn't the best basketball player in the world. The fact is, is that he's the f- most freak athlete on the entire planet. And I'm watching videos of Giannis shoot threes this summer, so he's only getting better, and that really terrifies me because if Giannis gets a three-point shot that's even anywhere close to, like, 32%, that man is going to be putting up 40 points a game as long as he's healthy. And I'm not going to lie to you, that scares the ever-living shit out of me. Especially yeah. as a Celtics fan. We didn't even mention the M.A. Udoka news, so I'm going to do that now. Yeah, uh, M.A. Udoka is suspended for the entire year. The Celtics are going to be fine. I think they're talented enough to still be a two or a three seed in the East. Um, just very briefly touching on that, uh, I think we can save that for when all of the Celtics fans are here so we can talk about it because Nick and Austin, I think, would really love to talk about the M.A. Udoka news. But... Giannis is an absolute freak of nature, and he's the best basketball player in the world. He drives the paint, and it's literally unstoppable. It's reminiscent of Shaq in a faster, more more athletic body, and I don't think you can argue that Giannis is the best basketball player on the planet. Yeah, and Mike just Trump. the fact that he doesn't have a three-shot, and he's working on one. Uh, now, as a Celtics fan, uh, I'm shitting myself, so we're going to see how that goes. Yep. But that concludes my NBA Top 25. This uh, this and the list that Kyle uh, sent are going to be posted to our socials at some point in the near future, probably before the night is over. Please let us know how we did in the comments section and on Twitter and Instagram. But to that, we are going to go to another segment called Who is Currently the NFL MVP? Because three of us have really different answers. Ooh, I might be the tiebreaker, so I'll like to see how everybody goes. With this <laughs> no, uh, so we were discussing. Before we do that, shouldn't we just go over a quick like rundown of other NFL too? Uh, I mean, we already did. We did that. Well, NFL. I mean, true. Sure, that's fair. We'll do the. We'll what, do the can I just can we, can we just do a quick hot take on uh, the Chargers defense and how they should be? Uh, like, they should absolutely be elite, and they're playing like absolute fucking garbage. And I know they're hurt, like, but it's on, garbage. On paper, on paper, they should be the number one NFL defense. Yep. On That's, paper. They have Sebastian Joseph Day, Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack, JC Jackson, Derwin James. What the fuck is going on over there? I mean, they've been plagued by injuries, including JC Jackson and Joey Bosa being hurt. Oh, yeah, but still. It's absolutely asinine. No, they have the talent to be the best defense in the NFL, and they're just not living up to expectations. I think they played pretty well against the Chiefs for the most part, but it I or, couldn't explain you know, to you what's going on in fucking Los Angeles because they should be 3-0 and right now, and they're not. Or maybe, <laughs> you know, part of it is the Jaguars are actually kind of like a pretty decent team. Well, but... her being hurt played oh. bad. Don't oh, get also that, that brings me into hot take number one of the night, Steve. Oh my um, god. Hot take number one. It actually doesn't seem like that hot of a take when you look at recent effect uh, recent events right now, but I'm gonna go out and say Jaguars are winning the AFC South this year. Yeah, let's go. I'm gonna, yeah. I, I'm 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 counteracting my own statement from earlier this summer because earlier this summer I said it was going to be the Colts and it's just not looking right for the Colts this year. 
So I Matt Ryan has not it. looked like himself. I'm I'm changing my opinion, and I'm after looking at how good T Law has looked. T Law has well, looked well, phenomenal. Jaguars yeah, are winning I, the AFC South. Go ahead. Andy. Can I just add on to you for that, Kyle? It, it also yeah. comes down to their coaching. It's Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson agree. has really it's really changed that program. That whole entire franchise has now changed. They now actually can rely on a coach to actually do something for them and not Urban Meyer being like, you know what? It was the kicker's damn fault. I'm going to beat him up for it. Who's this player we should be watching? I hear number 99 is uh, pretty good. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Josh Allen? Holy shit. No, he was saying that about Aaron Donald. I know. (laughs) No, okay. Like, I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, the AFC South is going to be a two-team race. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the if the Jaguars keep it up, I could see them being nine and eight, ten and seven, whatever. I don't think they're re- I don't think they're ready for prime time yet. I just don't see that. I think they're very well coached, like Andrew said. I think it's going to be the Colts. I think the Colts are going to figure it out. I think Matt Ryan's a decent quarterback. I don't think it's going to leave them. I don't think he's going to leave them in the dust. Like, the Colts just have to figure out how to work together. They're going to be fine. I think they're probably going to be a 10-7, and 11-6 football team. The Jaguars and the Colts look like the two best teams in the AFC South, which is not, not surprising. I didn't think the Tennessee Titans were going to be amazing anyway. They lost a couple of linemen, and Robert, or they added Robert Woods in substitution of A.J. Brown, who... It's clearly doing very well. Clearly fine. He's clearly a great receiver. Top 10, top 5 in the NFL. And they lost a lot of key pieces, plus Harold Landry went down with an injury. It's not the Tennessee Titans year. I know they were the... Like, it looks miles from the number one seed that we saw last year. That secondary has fallen apart. Not even Derrick Henry can run without an offensive line in the NFL. Nobody can do that. Your offensive line has to be sound, and the Tennessee Titans just aren't. Their offensive line is not good. I'll take their offensive line over the Giants one any day. Nobody said the Giants line was good either, Kyle. Yeah, but the Giants Giants O-line has actually started to look a little bit better than they did last year. So I will take your Giants O-line right now. Andrew, they gave up. Not last night. Not last night. Not last night. Your team last night just really just like decided to not play defense whatsoever and cost me my fantasy matchup, which I am pissed about. They <laughs> against fucking fine. Cooper Rush. They Listen, choked against defense, Cooper Rush. Their defense Cooper was not Rush. the problem. They only gave up two touchdowns against a solid uh, against a solid offense for Dallas. They had it's Cooper their Rush offense. quarterback, dude. It's not mm-hmm. solid. <laughs> Yo, Cooper Rush is better than Dak. I'm saying it now. Cooper Rush should be the Dallas Cowboys. That is oh that is God. a hot take. That is a hot Cooper, take right there. I'm not there. even going to choose that No, listen. Dude. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Cooper Rush is 3-0 and as a starter in the NFL. You I'm can't not even going to justify that with a you fucking response. You can't spot. even not... You can't not ride the So, anyway, who are we no, going to no, pick no, for Andy? No, no, hold on. I'm going to like... Hold on. There's some hold hot on. takes that need to be said. It's fine. Kyle, Jaguars winning the AFC South. That's fine. Is Cooper Rush being better mm. than Dak your second hot take? <laughs> okay. I'm not actually going to say he's better than Dak. Okay. However, I do think he should be played over Dak for right now. Let Dak heal and play the hot quarterback. Cooper Rush is 
undefeated playing in NFL right now. Why not let him ride? And I, Dak is the better quarterback. Like, I'm not an idiot. I know I say some pretty <laughs> dumb things on here, but I am not stupid. Like, I know oh Dak is God. better than Cooper Rush. But you got to play the hot quarterback right now. And don't you think as a player in in that locker room, you're going to want the quarterback who's going to give you the best chance to win? And if Cooper Rush is winning games, why, how are you going to justify to the other players in that locker room why he's being benched? Uh, because it's Dak fucking Prescott. And I'm not, I'm not a Dak Prescott fan, but also the dude can throw the football. Like, Cooper Rush is if not I'm, Dak Prescott. If I'm a player in that locker room and I hear the only response as to why we're benching a quarterback is, well, it's Dak Prescott, I am going to flip out on that coach. That is not a Dak is better than defense. Cooper Rush and a better quarterback let you, helps your team win. I'm not sorry about that take. Like I'm not, I'm not um, justifying the fact um, that you play. Think I, I'm sorry, quarterback. I'm, I'm fine with the take that Cooper Rush should play while Dak heals. Yeah, fucking obviously. I, but I'm, the minute I'm just that Dak say Prescott it. is healthy, Cooper Rush should not be playing. Andrew, please go. Cooper, no, no. I'm just gonna say. I'm, I'm just saying they're playing Cooper Rush in a more conservative format right now. They're not gonna let him throw that ball downfield because they know I'm secondaries right. are gonna tear him apart. The Giants, going into last night's game, the Giants secondary had allowed the third lowest yardage per secondary, per, uh, rece- for receivers in the NFL. Who did they play? Cooper, what? They played Ryan Tannehill with the, who doesn't throw the ball down the field. No, no, no. I, hold on. Let me, let me, I, I'm yeah, getting it. Let him go, let him go. But they still have Robert Woods, who was decent at, who was decent at the position, and Traylon Burks, who has looked really good for the first couple games. And then they play, and then in week two, they still looked just as good with that secondary. Who they play? I'll be honest, I don't even know because it's irrelevant. But listen, <laughs> it's relevant. <laughs> I'm gonna let Andrew finish, yeah. and then I'm gonna justify that nonsense with a response. <laughs> I'm just saying, like the reason why the Cowboys are doing what they're doing with Cooper Rush is because they want to play him conservative. They want him to control the field, control the ball down the field, get the team points on the board. They don't care if it's a field goal or if it's a touchdown in a matter of sense. But they, like Noah Brown, he made some good route running um, on deep routes, but they're mostly medium route runs. They're not like a deep streak for a 70-yard gain downfield. It's more or less he hits them for like a 20-yard pass, and then he takes off for like an extra 30. And it's like that's the only reason why they have, like, the big yard gains. Like, they're playing conservative because they know that as long as he can get the ball out of his hands in time to a receiver quick enough to him, also, they're good. the Cowboys are talented enough to play that kind of game because their defense is actually really good all of a sudden. Being yeah. Micah Parsons is actually one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Changed that entire defense last year. And they have yep. guys who can run after the catch. Now, Kyle, to your I'm point, next. Robert Woods is not a deep threat. Traylon Burks is not a deep threat. Traylon Burks is a poor man's Debo Samuel right now, and he's very good. Don't don't take that as a slight. He's just the poor man's Debo Samuel. That's his comparison. And, like, the Tennessee Titans do not put an emphasis on a pass game. Honestly, if I am the Tennessee Titans right now, I am taking Ryan Tannehill out and I am playing Malik Willis. 
because I don't think your team is good enough to make the playoffs, and the only reason you would play Ryan Tannehill is because you think you're a playoff team with him at starting quarter, as your starting quarterback. And right now they are not proving to me that they are. Second, just I'm going to pull up who the Giants have played. They played the Panthers, by the way. Okay. Yeah, okay. So you're telling – okay, Whoa. DJ Moore, kind of a deep threat, maybe. Yeah. Robbie be. Anderson is also a deep threat. Robbie Anderson is a deep uh, threat. But yeah. at the same time, that's not what the Panthers do. We all know they like the dink and dunk, run after no. catch kind of stuff. They don't throw the ball down the field a lot. Because Matt Rule is an idiot, but Matt, that's besides That's the point. besides the yeah, point. Matt Rule's I, offense is <laughs> not fit for that team and the scheme no. that they should be playing. They should be more vertical. Yes, Especially with Baker playing quarterback, the man has an absolute cannon. But you're talking about two teams that do not push the ball down the field. Of course your team isn't going to give up big plays. Of course they're not. So I mean, when a it, quarterback – no, okay, and I get that. But then a quarterback who comes in who shouldn't be doing that, it should be like the same style offense that they played, and then he excels – and goes above and beyond. Granted, the Dallas Cowboys also have better receivers. They also have a better receiver. CeeDee Lamb, I'm not denying that. But he's really the only one that played last night that was relevant for that wide receiver room. I mean, Dalton Schultz should not be thrown out of the mix here. Dalton Schultz is a very serviceable. He didn't play. Oh, he didn't play. He didn't play. No. No, Gallup and Schultz did not play, which is why I'm saying it was just CeeDee Lamb. Okay, fine with that. But still, like, you're not... You're not playing high-level, high-profile, highly prolific offenses. If they had done that to Miami like New England did week one, then, yeah, maybe we could have a conversation about it. But I, I'm not going to agree with the take that the Giants have some abnormally great secondary. It, just, it isn't. I, I never – oh, wait, wait, wait. That, that, is is ab- that is how I that interpret That is not what I said. <laughs> I know they are not abnormally great. I'm calling them average right now. Literally, I, 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 if they were to go up against another Cooper Rush-style offense, I think they would be better if they can fix their run defense because that run defense was atrocious this night. Um, atrocious. What's crazy, though, is I think just to kind of circle around this argument, can we all agree that like it doesn't matter if it's Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott, this team is not as – if they think it to the playoffs, they're not going anywhere. The right. Cowboys did not look good either. Last they night. haven't. That's what's sad. They haven't. Looked good. No. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I think the Giants should have won that game. They yeah. should. They would be the worst three and team I've ever seen in my life, besides maybe that eleven and <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers team. But yeah. And Kyle, that's not a slight to you. It's just they're not. They're not a three and No, team. I know. <laughs> I know they're not. No, I, I. Listen, that offensive line last night was absolutely horrendous. Like I, I don't know yeah. how you can even justify that I, offensive line. I did line. watch. How can you? I did ju- watch it a little bit. How can you I, say? How can you blame Daniel? I really don't get I can't, it. Like, I, have I can't seen, even blame Daniel Jones. I have like when when Colin when Colin Cowherd said that. Like tweeted that out. I was like, "Dude, did you watch the game?" For he Colin- was running for his life. Colin Coward is an absolute genius when it comes to sports. Pot was like sports takes, but Daniel Jones was running for his fucking life last for night. For context, how Colin- can you say that? For context, Colin Coward said uh, tweeted out that Brian Dable has limitations and his name is Daniel Jones. Yes, and one of the very few things <laughs> that Colin Coward has said that I genuinely just disagree with, especially last night. 
Daniel Jones, for all intents and purposes, actually played like a serviceable quarterback this year, and he was running for his life last night. Kyle, I actually <laughs> agree with you about that. I um, think what, what I'll give him this, though, is that Daniel Jones can definitely show flashes. I mean, two years ago, he was actually like the most accurate deep throw passer. Granted, depending on who those teams were against, is another story. But I, I think the only thing with Daniel Jones is that he can be the guy for a couple of games, but that's not what you need. In this league especially, you don't want a quarterback that's going to be okay some games. So that's kind of why he's saying the limitations, because Daniel Jones can flash or fall and fumble to a, a loss. But that so tape really... shouldn't have been sent out after last night, because that was not the no. story of the game. And... Here's the thing with that, though, Steve. If you're talking about him being that limitation with the fumbles, you have to look at his improvement from that. And you're going to fumble when you're constantly having to run away from people attacking you. If you're constantly in a running motion, the football isn't secure necessarily. So you're going to have it in a vulnerable position. Especially as a quarterback. And plus, I I want Daniel Jones to leave the Giants. I want him to go anywhere else and be behind a serviceable offensive line so he can actually show and shut people up about how good he can be. I want him to shut up people about saying how bad he is. And he's just not going to be able to do that with the Giants, and that hurts me because I love Daniel Jones. I know what he's capable of. He needs to leave. Do not sign a fifth-year contract with the Giants. Go. Go be somewhere else. Go to Seattle for who even has a better offensive line than the Giants garbage. Like, okay, don't, go don't anywhere. Um, <laughs> like, go anywhere. I will leave this conversation with this on my thoughts about Daniel Jones, at least so far this season. He has looked serviceable. If the Giants are in the late teens, I don't think they can get any one of the top three or four quarterbacks in this class. I would stick with Daniel Jones. If they are low enough to even pick Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, I am telling Daniel yep. Jones goodbye and taking my shot at another quarterback. That is yeah, my yep. thoughts I on Daniel Jones to. right now. Kyle, do you have any more hot takes you want to talk about before we get into this MVP conversation? Way too early third, MVP conversation, by the way. <laughs> my third my third hot take is my MVP take, so I'll right. let you take it away. <laughs> okay, so we were having a conversation before the podcast, which is where this segment came up, about who currently is the front runner for the NFL MVP. I mean, we're three weeks in, it's way too early, but why not get a little hot take started? <laughs> I said Lamar Jackson. Kyle said it was uh, Jalen Hurts. And okay. Andrew said it was Tua. I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start with hey. my Lamar take. I think it's the least hot of the three. Yeah. Lamar Jackson has looked otherworldly, barring any injury or slight in play. He should be the MVP. I think he's averaging four touchdown passes a game, over 100 yards rushing, and about 300 yards passing right now. That may be a little inflated, but I might be perfectly accurate. Someone can fact check me if you want. Lamar Jackson is playing otherworldly. With a subpar receiving core, mind you, like his best wide receiver outside of his tight end is Devin Duvernay and Rashad Bateman. If this was any, if this was Patrick Mahomes doing this, any everybody would be going absolutely insane. Hey, you, don't Patrick slight Mahomes Devin Duvernay. That dude won me a fantasy matchup this week. <laughs> <laughs> don't Devin slight Duvernay Devin Duvernay is not a number one receiver in the NFL. <laughs> he is supposed to be like your second receiver deep threat kind of guy or your slot 
kind of gimmicky. We want to throw you two to three passes down the field a game, and maybe you do some good things underneath. Devin Duvernay is playing over his pay grade right now and well yes. above what I think he actually is. And Lamar Jackson throwing the football this year has looked like one of the best passers in the NFL. So everybody who's talking about Lamar's a running back can please shut the fuck up now. But second, <laughs> I just don't understand. Tua's playing up like great. He had the six touchdown game against Baltimore. Mind you, he beat Lamar Jackson head to head. But I just, when it comes to Jalen Hurts has been a giant surprise to me, mind you. I mean, that's just another Tua and Jalen are absolutely going nuts. I hope they sustain the play because I hope nothing but greatness for both of them. I was worried about their limitations coming into the year. I think very, very justifiably worried. Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, coming off an injury has looked like an absolute menace. So that is the only reason why. Yeah. uh, Actually, I'll give my picks. I want to be the tiebreaker. I'm going to go. Kyle, give me why Jalen should be the MVP. Giants fan talking about an Eagles quarterback being an MVP. How do you feel? So you know this it, is big. It, it kind of pains me, but it doesn't pain me as much as it would be if I was saying a Cowboys player. <laughs> so it's not that bad. But Jalen Hurts, I'm not as surprised about his being this good as everyone else's. I know everyone else had their limitations, which were justifiable. But I always looked at his play and like saw that he could be this great with these flashes. Currently, he's 20th in rushing yards. That's not 20th in QBs. That's 20th in all rushing yards in all of the NFL. Granted, I know he is behind Lamar Jackson. I was about to say, I think Lamar's higher. (laughs) So, (laughs) he is higher, but still, I'm pretty sure uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, is third, actually. I think he's, I think he's, like, only, like, a few yards behind Kyler. I think. You can fact check me on that. I'm I'm Uh, guesstimating right now. I'm not sure about that one. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Kyler's been an afterthought because he's played, like, hot garbage, but. Yes, but he still had to run for his life as well. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, Jalen Hurts' completion percentage, though, is the highest of his career. He is at 67.3% right now. Granted, he has the best wide receiver core he's had for his career. Ever. Ever. So that does help. Not to mention, not only does he have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith has been phenomenal for him. Outside of so the so sad that I played him on my bench this week. Outside of week one, Devontae Smith is missing yes. in week one. But I, how many snaps did he even get that week? Enough, to no, enough that he shouldn't have had zero catches for zero yards and nothing, like <laughs> yeah. no production. That's. But they also have Dallas Goddard. He uh, also has Dallas Goddard to throw to, and he's such an underrated tight end. I feel yeah. because I, I feel they don't utilize him. The way that he could, like, I feel like Dallas Goddard could be a Mark Andrews-esque tight end. And, like, it's just not quite that there yet. I think it will be in the next couple of years. Like, Mark Andrews has been around for, like, five-ish years now and then didn't really take off until last year. I think Mark Andrews is younger than Dallas Goddard. Yes, he is. Is he really? Mark Andrews, Mark I'm going to look like it up because I think Mark player. Andrews is younger than Dallas Goddard, but I might be wrong. So the big difference I'm going to give with Dallas so. Goddard is because... Dallas Goddard uh, is 27. Okay. Mark Andrews is also 27, so they're the same age. Okay. Oh, they're the same age. So what I got to give to uh, Dallas Goddard is just that he has a lot more players to deal with. And I think it was just by chance that Lamar connecting with Mark Andrews just worked out perfectly. And I think they just were able to click off each other. 
Mm-hmm. But I think with Jalen Hurts, he definitely, definitely, there's some, you know, there's definitely a little bit of a chemistry between the two of them. But now you have Devontae, Devontae Smith and uh, AJ Brown. And AJ Brown, where as much as I love Dallas Goddard, there's definitely a chance for more contested catches because he's definitely very good at that. So I think you have two very fast receivers who can get open. I think now that being spread out, that's going to work. But I think Dallas Goddard is going to come in more handy when they play a much more seasoned team that's going to be trying to shut down those receivers. That's fair. Andrew, right, Andrew, why don't you give me your case for Tua Tagovailoa? So, Tua didn't really have the best first two seasons. I mean, coming off of the second half last year, he went 8-1. Now he's continued through. He's got three wins straight right now. Off a Hall of Fame coaches right now, needless to say. He's beaten them now so many times uh, that it's getting to the point where he's now completed 72 passes out of 101 passes so far, with his highest, quarter, with his highest completion rate being 71.3% for, for being the passing yards leader right now. This man... Finally has a better coach, has a receiving core that is reflecting his times in Alabama, which is giving him what he needs to be able to perform in the NFL. And I think this is his best year to showcase it and show why he was a top first-round pick. And this is why I think he is probably going to show off, and this could be his make-or-break season. And I think he's already making it a showcase for himself to be seen as a stellar season for him. So before we go into like an argument between the three and before Steven gives his pick, I'm going to give an honorable mention to Josh Allen because he's looked like an absolute beast. Um, oh, yeah. I don't want to slight Josh Allen. These are just the three guys that we were throwing around before the podcast. I just, when it comes to Tua, I can't put him above, and, and Jalen Hurts, mind you, I can't put them above Lamar Jackson because of the quality of weapons around them where I think the guys around Tua and Jalen have made them so significantly better that they can be in these conversations. Mind you, I didn't know Tua's completion percentage was at 70%. That's fucking asinine. But Yeah, well, his actually his career completion percentage is actually like in the high 60s usually. It's pretty damn good. It was last season, it, he finished with 67.8. In 2020, he finished with 64.1. Kind of funny how everybody so. thinks he's like can't throw the football considering he's very, very accurate. But Lamar Jackson has done it with less. And I would argue that he did it better. Steven, give me your MVP pick, and then we're going to talk about these four guys just for a little bit before we move into our NFL Week 3 review and Week 4 preview. So I am very happy, Jake, that you said these four guys – is actually, as much as I love, I, it's tough with Lamar Jackson, but I just got to go. I'm leading towards Josh Allen. Only as a Patriots fan, this is very painful. But here's the thing with Josh Allen. So Lamar Jackson's a very fast and speedy runner. Jo- here's the thing. Lamar Jackson gets hit on like a fourth and one, like right before the goal line. It's over. You know, turn it over on down. If I just need this one run, this one push, I got to give it to Josh Allen. He is such a tough, tough football player. 
he did not get injured last year. So Lamar Jackson is injured. I have concerns about that. He was injured last year. And that arm that Josh Allen has may just be the most powerful in the entire league. And, I mean, when he's throwing to Stephon Diggs deep for any kind of score, he just makes it look easy. And I think not only that with such a powerful arm, he's throwing the ball so powerful and so fast. I think defenders are having a tough time even, like, blocking it. I mean, I just got to give it to Josh Allen because of also his development. I think just because he's healthier. He's going to be – he's my MVP MVP favorite. And he's just an all-around – he is just a football player, a blood and guts, like, brutal football player. And I got to give him my nod for MVP, especially, you know, taking the story of a Bills team that's been dominated by Brady for so long, turning them into the juggernaut of the NFL. So I got to go with Josh Allen. I love everything you just said, Steve. I've been a Josh Allen fan since he's been in Wyoming. Y'all know that I've been evaluating college quarterbacks for a decade now just by myself doing whatever. And I was probably one of the very few people that said Josh Allen would be the best quarterback in this class when he came out. And I forget if he was in the same class as Mahomes. Sometimes the classes get a little bit jumpy. Ah, Baker. Baker Baker and Lamar, right? Yeah, Yeah. my top two in that class were Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. So I feel very vindicated about that. Um... What I love about the evolution of Josh Allen's game, and it was on display in Miami, it's not just the arm strength anymore. The fact of the matter is is that Josh Allen has learned to put touch on his passes when he needs to have touch on them. More than it's just ripping it through three guys into a tight window, he's always been able to do that. There was a one play. It was a third down, third and long, actually. And something that we really haven't seen Josh Allen do, we saw it a lot. We saw it more last year, but I think he's perfected it this year. He lost it over two linebackers. I forget who it was. I forget who caught the ball. I forget who caught the ball. But it was the perfect display of an over-the-middle, medium touch pass to get it over two defenders where only his guy can catch it, Buffalo first down. It's one of those things that I've loved about the evolution of Josh Allen where it's not just this athletic freak where he can run and his arm is going to be able to throw in between three guys that should be able to pick off the ball. But Josh Allen definitely – actually, Josh Allen is my second in the MVP race, so I'm glad that Josh Allen was mentioned. I'm going to give the nod to Lamar Jackson again because I think he's doing it with less – and we could argue about this all day. I don't think we really – we've all given our arguments on it. I don't think we need to argue about it all day. We We're really also could, pushing two hours. <laughs> I, I could argue about this for another two hours solely because I yeah. actually am incredibly impressed by all four of these quarterbacks. Yeah. And they are absolutely the four front runners. way too early of the MVP front runners. <laughs> but my nod, it's going to be, if we're picking from these four guys, Lamar, Allen – Hurts Tua. And again, you can have any one of those four iterations. Ins- insanely impressed with the final two because I didn't think they'd be able to do what they're doing right now. Yep. No, Tua has surprised me, especially coming up, you know, down 21 points against Baltimore. That's- that that he, was insane. He, he really has shown up um, this season, and I really think, like I said, it's a make or break season for him. 
because they, the Dolphins do have fir- two first-round picks sitting in their lap right now. And with C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and all those other court- first-round quarterbacks sitting in there in this draft coming up, it, it really is like, do we keep him on for a fifth year and try to run it again? Or do we draft a younger QB have and kind of roll with that? But like, like I said, this is the first time we've seen Tua play like he has when he was in Alabama for his seasons there and completely he's really turned his career around with a complete 180 and showing that like he he deserves like this chance right now and why he was chosen by the Dolphins to be the QB of the of this franchise that's an absolute fact I think any one of these any four of these guys they continue to play at the level that they're playing have a chance at an MVP at that point it would come down to who's got the best seed probably but Moving on from that, we're going to go right into our NFL review, preview. I don't know if we're going to do our fantasy stuff. Rundown is that Steve got absolutely shafted. He had the third highest points in our fantasy yep. league, but he lost to me, who had the second most points in our fantasy league. Steve, if you were and playing also, anybody other than Kyle, you would have won this yep. week. I'm very sorry for yep. you. I'm <laughs> also uh, looking at – I actually – I kid you not, I contemplated playing uh, – Christian Olaf instead of Tyler Higby or whatever tight end I had in there. But I was like, no, I shouldn't do that. I I took a risk in my other league. It didn't work out. Oh, wait, he got 30 points. So (laughs) I did go 3 0 in my leagues this week. I was pretty proud of that. Um, I went went 0 2 again. That's ridiculous. I went 1 1. Dang. I went 1 1. God damn. God damn this week. Trevor Lawrence completely destroying the Chargers defense. The Miami defense actually holding the Bills to some points. And a fucking Giants defense doing nothing against the Cowboys. Kyle, get your fucking team online. Here is all I'm going to say for uh, the sleeper picks that – I hope you all remember the sleeper fantasy sleeper episode we did because I drafted three of those guys. And let's see how Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, and uh, Najee Harris did this week. Najee Harris, not so much. He only scored 11. But Michael I Thomas, will have to say, Amari Cooper, I was wrong about. 29 yep. points, baby. I was wrong. Michael Thomas has wrong. been consistently putting up 20 points. He ended up getting nine this week. But uh, I'm feeling pretty vindicated about my sleeper picks and the guys I told you to stay away from. I just have to recall that because a lot of people look at me and laugh. You know, some people laughed at my sleepers. Some people laughed at my stay away yeah. rooms. I did laugh at one of your sleepers, and uh, I ended up trading for him in one of my other leagues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it paid oh, off some dividends for me, Jake. So uh, also Jacoby Myers before <laughs> he got hurt was averaging like twenty points a game or something because he was catching a bunch yeah. of passes. But um, yeah. Oh well. I'm just. I'm vindicated. I feel vindicated. <laughs> That's just all I have to say about it. Moving into last week, uh, the Pickums did not go my way. I am now second place behind Kyle. Congratulations. Thank you. The Browns. Last, I have not. <laughs> Steve Andrew needs to actually make his selections. I, I literally forget about them, and then it's just like, oh wait, it's too late. <laughs> I can't make my picks. The Browns. I mean, I'm in small place. I'll take it. Oh my God. The Browns. Well, tonight I got to. Go ahead, Andrew. Just go ahead. 
Tonight, no, tonight I have to make my picks. Like, it yeah. is do or die. Do I do it now. I do it before the podcast every week. I'm not going to display this. There's this weird thing where every time I, like, scroll down, it sh- says, like, saving preview, and it just doesn't show up well. So I'm just going to run through it. Week three review of the NFL. Browns beat the Steelers. We all know that. The Browns are at a surprising 2-1 and one with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, the Texans let me down and lost to the Bears, who were at a surprising 2-1. and one. The Raiders let me down and lost to the Tennessee Titans, who have looked absolutely atrocious. Josh McDaniels, figure it the fuck out, please. I've picked you two times in three weeks. You've handed me two yep. L's. Figure it out. Uh, the Chiefs lost to the Colts, which shouldn't have happened. I don't know what the fuck happened there. Uh, the Bills lost to the Dolphins. We all know what happened there. The Miami Heat got to Buffalo. <laughs> Yeah. The Vikings had a comeback win no over the Lions. Part. The Patriots lost to the yeah. Ravens. Uh, got nothing to say. The Bengals nope. beat the you Jets. Don't need to worry about that. Bengals beat the Jets. Nothing bad there. The Eagles beat the Commanders. Not surprising. I was one of the 9% who picked the Commanders, thinking that they would win at home. Didn't happen. The Panthers did beat the Saints. Uh, actually, surprisingly, an upset. A lot. 80% of people picked the Saints last week. Again, I think those teams are a lot closer than what people think they are, and close teams win at home the chargers got blown out by jacksonville hurt justin herbert whatever you want to say no fucking excuses for losing 38 to 10 not sorry yeah uh the falcons beat the seahawks which i did think was going to happen kind of close game um 27 23 a lot of people are riding that seahawks high from the 49ers victory in week one um got nothing to say about it the 49ers have looked absolutely atrocious i don't know what's going on the packers lost a green uh the packers beat the bucks sorry uh 14 to 12 it is what it is uh the bucks are riddled with injuries the packers don't have any receivers it was whatever Um, and also the bucks had uh two different fumbles near the red zone as well so it's it is what it is uncharacteristic of a tom brady football team Yes. The Rams beat the uh, Cardinals, no surprise there. The surprising fact that it was a one-score game. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Broncos, who have looked absolutely awful, are somehow 2-1 and one and beat the 49ers. I genuinely <laughs> thought the 49ers were going to win this game, especially with Jimmy G playing. Uh, the 49ers have not looked good. Kyle Shanahan's got to figure it out over there. I don't know what's going on in San Francisco, but the Bay's got to figure it out. I think they will. Kyle, your Giants let me down. Um, they lost 23-16 to to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the, a- the NFC East is now 3-0, 2-1, 2-1, and 1-2. We'll see what happens as things move forward. Moving into week four, I'm going to go through all of these games. Some of them are going to be non-self-explanatory. Non-expl- uh, the Dolphins are playing Cincinnati Thursday night, I believe, in Cincinnati, or are they playing in Miami? In Cincinnati. Yeah, I've still got the Dolphins in that game. I know the. I know my saying is close. Close games go to the home team. I don't think this is particularly close. I don't think that Bengals secondary holds up with the Dolphins wide receiving core. Does anybody have any other opinion on that? Uh, just that it is the whiteout debut of that brand new white helmet for Cincinnati. So fire. <laughs> anyway, I, go I'm ahead, gonna, Steve. I'm gonna give it to. Uh... Tua still dealing with a possible concussion, but I'm going to give it to the Bengals just in a very high scoring. It's going to be like 31 to 28, something like that. It's going to be very, very close, but I think Cincinnati is just going to be able to get it. 
I don't hate it. Again, I no. think this is one of those close games that can go either way. I just don't think the Bengals secondary can hang with Jalen Waddle. If Jalen Waddle, I don't plays, think they he's can. Questionable, but Eli Eli Apple versus Tyreek Hill. Oh, Tyreek Tyreek goes in one. Well, <laughs> Apple is going to get roasted by Hill. I'm sorry, but yeah. Tyreek Hill's not... pissed about an AFC Championship game that he lost on a team that. Yeah, it's just like, come on, Tyreek. He also was like, I didn't know what team we were playing. Like, come on, oh Tyreek, what are you doing? You've got the Vikings and the Saints playing in London. I'm going to take I the Vikings. I just think they're a better team than the Saints. Nobody's a home team, and honestly, it's not a primetime game, so Kirk Cousins should be fine. <laughs> the Browns are playing the Fel- – does anybody else have any other thoughts on that, or is we're all in the Vikings camp here? I got Vikings. Okay. The yeah, Browns are playing the Falcons. Self-explanatory, Falcons. we're rolling with the Browns. I'm going Falcons. I'm fine with that, Steve. I'm rolling with the Browns. I don't think it's going to be. I'm sorry. Jacoby Brissett has been looking pretty good so far this yeah. season. Yes, behind that deep, that O-line, behind that Browns O-line, I really think if if I'm the Browns, by the time Watson gets off his uh, suspension, I'm still rolling with Brissett if we're still at this high of a season. I'm sorry, but like. Brissett has shown me way more right now, and I prefer to have him over a perverted uh, groper of a man and sexual pedophile. Oh, oh I was talking about Deshaun Watson. I thought you talking about Marcus Mariota for a second. I was like, wait, what did he do? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, I, I respect it. I think it could go either way. I just – I love an upset. I love the Falcons just coming in and just – causing chaos uh speaking of upsets moving into this next game the commanders mm-hmm. and cowboys i've got the commanders beating the cooper Rush cowboys in jerry world <laughs> i gotta yes. stop doing I- this to myself because i know that close games go to home teams but i'm taking carson wants to go absolutely nuts against the cowboys defense yes especially after being embarrassed last week yeah he's yeah I mean, I'm assuming that Kyle and Andrew are both in the Cowboys camp, and I can't blame them for being that, being such. Yeah. No, you're picking. I will Commanders? never, I will never be in the Cowboys camp after this Monday night debacle. I don't care if they're <laughs> playing the Bears. I will I never am. pick. I will never pick the Cowboys to win a game. It's never oh happening. Oh my god. I don't think Carson Wentz is good either, but roll commanders. Let's go. <laughs> okay, we've got the Lions and the Seahawks. I'm taking the Lions. Um, I think they're yeah. an unjustifiable one and two. They should probably be two and one. Yes. That is where I'm at with that. You've got the Titans over the Titans and the Colts in Indy. I'm actually going to take the Titans in this game. I'm still not sold on the Colts. This Actually, I'm going to switch that up. I'm going to roll with the Colts and Matt Ryan. I think I... I'm switching up live on podcast. That is not – I do not want to be a Titans fan in that game. <laughs> also, I, I expect the Colts to win, but I just have a feeling – I don't know. I feel like it's just going to be an ugly, embarrassing kind of game. Yeah. And, Kyle, you're going to be happy. Uh, I, I picked your Giants against the Bears. Oh, Kyle's not there. Kyle's not there. Uh, we are literally moving into that uh, Giants-Bears game. I'm picking the Giants. I think they're better than the Bears, and they're at home. That's just it's self-explanatory. I do say I worry about the Giants wide receiving core not being healthy. I do wonder who Daniel Jones is going to throw to, but that is what it is. Kyle has left. That's a Bears team you can throw against, though. Aaron well, Rodgers torched them with nobody. We are taking the Eagles over the Jaguars. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, the Steelers and the Jets, I am taking the Steelers. I don't care if Zach Wilson plays or not. The Steelers are better than the Jets. Mm-hmm. Then we've got oh. the Bills and the Ravens. Yeah. Um, I think this is a closer game. They are playing in Baltimore, but I am going to take the Bills. I think Josh Allen is too good to lose to the to the Ravens, honestly. That's really what it comes down to. And, and again, I most think, times when it's close, home teams get the nod, but I'm going to go with the better quarterback on this one. I also like the Bills uh, linebackers to be able to bottle up uh, Lamar Jackson. I think that Bills secondary – definitely lock down whatever player whatever receivers that they got so i as long as mark andrews gets 10 catches but they don't win i'll be content fair enough also uh kyle you missed it but we picked the giants over the bears there you go there's your nod for the week Woo! let's go uh even with a hurt justin herbert i'm taking the chargers over the texans um i like davis mills but the texans just aren't a good football team they're not a good roster it is what it is there are not many interesting games in the NFL this week. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Yes. Um, pretty the Cardinals week. are playing. The Cardinals are playing in Carolina, which means that I think these similar teams. It's going to be Carolina. Um, Cardinals definitely have a better quarterback, but I think Kyler's a little lost without DeAndre Hopkins, and I think that continues. They are one and two. They're going to be one and three. I also don't love Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach, and I'm going to take Baker and Matt Rule over Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury on the road. Baker playing at home, he's going to be fine. I think they're going to finally find a groove. I still think this could be a fringe playoff team. I think they're going to be fine. And you've got the Patriots with a backup quarterback playing at Lambeau, and I am obligated to take the New England Patriots with Brian Hoyer playing Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. (laughs) But uh, our um, the quarterback we drafted was it Bailey Zapp? Is that what his name is? He's not playing. Yeah, he's oh, not gonna play. He's not gonna play. What I what I will give him this is uh, he did in his last season throw for sixty five hundred yards and sixty touchdowns. So yes, he I'm did. Just... Um, that is an inflated Mike Leach offense. It's called the Air Raid offense, and it is yeah. what it is. I like Bailey Zappi. He'll be a serviceable backup quarterback for a long time, but Brian Hoyer needs to be out there playing on Sunday or I will actually cry. I prefer the veteran presence of Hoyer to rookie Bailey Zappi. (laughs) Get Thornton back this this week? No, I don't think he comes back until week six. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I wish Thornton was back because that was one of uh, Hoyer's favorite targets during the preseason. That's a fact. Yeah. Uh, we next have the Broncos and the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm taking the Raiders in this game. I don't think the Broncos have looked good at all. I don't like Nathaniel Hackett as a coach. Uh, we all know the problem isn't Russell Wilson, so it has to be Nathaniel Hackett. And I would rather take Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr over Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. Uh, the Raiders being at home, I'm going to take the Raiders. Yep. Ooh, this next one's really fun. This is the game of the week. We do have Tampa Bay and Kansas City playing in Tampa Bay, barring a hurricane. Uh, thing is, is with the hurricane, apparently there are rumors they could play at Gillette, and that would be hilarious if Tom Brady has yes. to return to New England. To play. Are you kidding me? Brady the amount of Patriots Gillette fans and... that are going to show up? Oh, my Lord. Oh, are you, are the you amount of Patriots like... fans. We'll all be Bucks fans for a day. Here's no, 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 no. I'm going to boo him. I'm going to be a Chiefs fan for the day. Kyle, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm rooting Brady. I'm rooting Brady. Can't hear me? There you go. Okay. Okay. 
But, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to – Sorry, go ahead, Steve. That's not good. Um, I'm going to say I'm giving Tampa because as long as they can run the ball, at least Mike Evans come back because that's secondary. You can definitely throw against them. And Patrick Mahomes, this defense, the last time they played Mahomes, owned him. And I think with fewer weapons, I really like the Bucks' chance in this game. So I would attribute a lot of Brady's struggles to missing 11 days. Um, I think he's going to get back to form this week against a not-so-wonderful Chiefs defense. I think this is going to end up being like a very high-scoring affair, like 31-30. to 30. Um, that wouldn't surprise me if they abs- like this is a 38 to 35 football game. I'm not going to lie to you, it would not surprise me. I'm going to pick the Bucks at home because I think they're two very close teams, and I'm going to go with Brady at home. That's just what yeah. it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Last matchup, we've got the Rams and the 49ers. I'm picking the Rams no matter where these teams are playing because the 49ers have looked like hot trash. I, I I am picking the 49ers only because they usually, I feel like no matter what, they'll find a way to make life difficult. And I think their pass rush can definitely, against that Rams offensive line, I think they might overwhelm uh, 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 Matt Stafford for sure. Uh, yeah, no, honestly, I think the Rams pass rush puts more of a threat on Jimmy G than the 49ers pass rush puts on Matt Stafford. That's very true. That's very true. So yeah. I'm gonna roll with the Rams here. I mean, I understand they why got his, they got Jimmy G's numbers, but they got Jimmy G's number. Like that NFC Championship game was a was what really said it, and they really just only just swapped one of the receiving core out of it. Like really, it's not that much of a difference between Robert Woods and Allen Robinson as your receivers, and you still have Cooper Cup who torched them. The secondary, and they did really upgrade that secondary whatsoever for the 49ers. So that's a fact. I'm taking the Rams. I'm really just taking the Rams on this one. Straight up, honestly, I just think the Rams are better. That's where I'm at with that. That is going to wrap up the NFL review and preview sections. On that note, if there's nothing else that anybody has to add, we are at the two Thank hour mark. Good. Honestly, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed <laughs> this, this so much. Fun. This is so fun. Next week, I have a very, very fun idea that I'm going to pitch to everybody that I really hope goes through so we can deliver this type of content to you. Just remember to go follow High School Backups on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find us on Twitter with the three separate accounts, High School Backups, High School Backups Hockey, and High School Backups Soccer. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Peace out. I think Andrew has one more thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Andrew. Um, watch out on the high school backup soccer page. We're going to be doing a World Cup jersey rating once they're all released. Um, we're going to go through it just like we did with the helmets on our main account. We're going to be doing that with the jerseys for the World Cup. You guys can vote. Top two teams in each group will move on to knockout rounds, and then we will be finalizing who has the best jersey in all of it. Absolutely love it, Andrew. All right, if that's the last thing, we appreciate y'all. Love y'all.